0: The torrid cyclone that ripped through the Southeast Asian lowlands has created a humanitarian crisis in Burma. In doing so, it's also revealed an ongoing political crisis as the regime there has restricted aid from the outside world to help its victimized citizenry. Hi, I'm Justin Guest, and welcome to the Government Department Hot Seat. With us today is Professor John Seidel, who will offer some background and insight to the ongoing political situation in Burma. Thanks for being here, Professor Seidel. What background can you offer about the political events that preceded this environmental disaster and uh, that informed the government's response since then?
1: The Burmese government is uh, essentially a military regime that has, in different forms, been in power since 1962. In the late 1980s, in particular in 1988, there there was a series of protests and a very harsh crackdown uh, when... Students and other people in the then capital, Rangoon, mobilized against the regime. Following that, in 1990, there was an election uh, in which an opposition party, the National League for Democracy, led by Aung San Suu Kyi, um, essentially won 80% of the parliamentary seats, but the results of the election were essentially denied. And since that time, the regime has been entrenched uh, and highly repressive, of an organized opposition that is kept
0: at bay through violence. So that's the essential backdrop. So how has that history contextualized the international community's hesitation uh, to more aggressively intervene in this situation to help?
1: Well, there's a, a complicated, longer history that might help to explain the isolationism of the Burmese military. It's not your standard garden variety military dictatorship. Most military dictatorships with which we might be familiar are right-wing dictatorships. But the history of this one is vaguely socialist. uh, One which uh, was uh, formed in the early 1960s and evolved over time uh, in part to isolate the regime from uh, the Cold War, from perceived enemies uh, of US imperialism, of uh, the former co- colonial power, the UK, and its allies in and around Burma. And thus there's a there's a sort of history of uh, Cold War intervention in Burma, dating back to the late 1940s, early 1950s, um, which has made this particular regime a peculiar one uh, that has no close ties to any of the major Western powers, save, curiously enough, Japan. Um, one thing that's often forgotten is that Japan has been a major donor to Burma and has been heavily involved in Burma uh,
0: from the 1980s forwards. As the cyclone hit within a matter of weeks of the Chinese earthquake disaster, how has this sequence of events affected the Chinese image uh, from a human rights perspective globally?
1: Well, the initial uh, attention to Burma in the press and the attention focused on the possibility of China's intervention, China's application of pressure, has then been overshadowed by events in China, but also overshadowed by various kinds of efforts by the neighboring states of ASEAN, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, uh, and the Burmese regime's own public pronouncements to, in some ways, wipe the story from the front pages and from uh, the TV news so that the continuing suffering of people in Burma and the efforts of the regime to actually evict forcibly uh... tens if not hundreds of thousands of people from, uh... sites uh, of refuge in monasteries and schools and so forth all that has now been uh... removed from public view for the most part
0: well burmese authorities have since released about fifteen activists from the opposition party that you mentioned earlier um, is this going to continue as long as the international eye remains fixed on the government's actions?
1: the Burmese military regime seems relatively impervious um, and very impervious compared to many other countries um, with regard to foreign pressures insofar as its economy um, it runs on a very low gear and there's not a heavy dependence on foreign Uh, investment, foreign assistance, uh, and other involvement from countries that are uh, critical and are closely scrutinizing human rights problems in Burma. So I would be very pessimistic as to the possibilities for further evolution in the direction of political liberalization. They've just passed uh, by referendum uh, a bogus constitution that... Uh, really constitutes a major obstacle towards any kind of democratization or meaningful political change in Burma.
0: So in light of these very difficult circumstances, what do you suggest the international community do?
1: Well, there have been sanctions in place, um, especially on the part of the United States, but insofar as these sanctions have huge loopholes, insofar as these sanctions do not fully involve the neighboring countries, not just China but now India and neighboring uh, Thailand, are countries which are all in various ways aiding and abetting the military regime in Burma. And insofar as pressure is not applied on those countries to withdraw their support, uh, it's hard to see that such sanctions will really prove meaningful. What's difficult in this case is that in contrast to, say, a military regime in an industrialized or industrializing country, one that relies on a veneer of parliamentary democracy or pseudo-democracy and so forth. This is a much more isolated, um, much more rural country uh, with a a much smaller urban middle class, urban working class, a business class. uh, And the cracks within the regime, which itself controls uh, the economy, Um, in tandem with some foreign investment, means that it's very hard to sort of find cracks within the regime um, that would allow for a kind of opening. If we look at various transitions to democracy in different parts of the world, you find that there are institutional fissures within a regime that are then useful for some kind of opening to civilian politics, parliamentary politics, and so forth. You have a military regime with the military as an institution ruling in a junta uh, that seems pretty solid. Uh, Any kind of rumors or hopes with regard to factionalism within the military seems to have proven, uh, uh, if not false, then a a rather faint
0: basis for hope. So what support exactly have the countries you've mentioned uh, give to the Burmese regime?
1: Well, certainly through military assistance, economic assistance, trade, uh, and uh, diplomatic support, uh, in all those ways. And
0: they're not willing to stop that?
1: No. Uh, I mean, certainly for China and India, there are are major strategic concerns at stake. For China, having um, a a kind of window on the Indian Ocean uh, is very important, and then India is keen to counter uh, China's move since the late 1980s is to strengthen its ties to Burma uh, and to um, develop uh, intelligence and military facilities um, uh, through links to the, the Burmese regime. In the case of Thailand it's perhaps uh, much more a matter of economics uh, with uh, major investments in logging and minerals and so forth uh, in Burma. So. There are different considerations here which, which won't go away. If, if in Thailand, for example, um, democratic politics were such that uh, popular sentiment about the, the regime in Burma uh, would make a difference, that would be another story. But it's not the kind of issue that animates uh, ordinary Thai voters. Uh, so it's on the back burner as far as Thai politics is concerned
0: a very dark and bleak and Kafkaesque illustration of the Burmese regime.
1: Yeah, sadly, that there's little reason to be very hopeful. Um, I mean, again, if you look throughout Southeast Asia, this is part of the, the poor uh, mainland part of Southeast Asia that has experimented with socialism, uh, and thus it's in a very different category from the sort of thriving industrialized uh, countries that ha- have been full-blown capitalist economies for decades at a time. Uh, the isolationism of Burma and you know, one might also say well, Laos and Cambodia-Vietnam quicker to, to to join the world economy, uh, you know, they're st- they still have a ways to go and not just in terms of economic development but in terms of a kind of political context in which one could really hope for meaningful challenge to strongly entrenched authoritarian regimes.
0: All right. Professor John Seidel, you are off the hot seat. I wish you could be the bearer of better news, but uh, for what it's worth, we appreciate uh, having you here. Uh, For more from Professor Seidel, be sure to check out his uh, most recent books, Uh, the newest of which is called The Islamist Threat in Southeast Asia. You can find that uh, on Amazon.com and select bookshops. And, of course, also uh, an earlier book called Riots, Pogroms, and Jihad, which also can be found at select bookshops and Amazon.com. Thanks for being with us. We will see you in the next academic year on The Hot Seat.